until it was just D'Angelo with his road, like playing on his roads spotlight, just singing acapella. How does it feel? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this 18th episode, I'm here with Hope Bozo. Throughout this podcast, we discuss marketing in 2023, her position at Warner Music Canada, and tips and tricks on becoming a better music professional. We also play the producer's game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to this podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that's in it, that loves it, and that surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded, and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming another friend, and Creative Industries alumni to the podcast. Hope Bozo is a marketing manager at Warner Music Canada. Originally from Hamilton, she attended Mohawk College as a bassist and then moved to Toronto in 2015. During her studies in the Creative Industries program at TMU, she interned at Arts and Crafts and worked at Beats by Dre and Otile Research. After graduating in 2019, she started working for Warner Music Canada as a marketing coordinator and worked her way up, now working with some of your favorite Canadian artist as a marketing manager for Warner Music Canada. For more information to get in touch with Hope, you can get in, t- in contact with her at, at Hope Bozo on all socials or on LinkedIn at the same name. So without further ado, please welcome Hope Bozo to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> hey, Matt. How's it going? Good. Good, good, good. How are you? I'm good. Woo. Um. Those who know and have been listening to the podcast know what the first uh, question is. I always ask, what's your favorite ever live experience? As a fan, we'll start as a yes. fan here. Okay, this these questions, I had to really do some some uh, deep diving in, in my brain because I've been to so many shows mm. um, and live experiences. Literally, I've been going to concerts since I was in grade two. So... Um, as a fan, and again, this is hard, um, cause I had to separate it from the next question. Um, I saw Dijon, uh, oh, man. uh, last year at, uh, the Phoenix in Toronto and, um, something just, obviously I've been a huge fan, but just his live performance was just so raw mm. and I love more of that intimate experience, mm. um, I just love how he had like pedal steel guitar player, um, low lighting. It was just him and I think just his band just sitting down. And you were actually able to like hear his voice, see the talent come through. And just because the songs resonate with me um, a lot, I think it was just so moving. And that was just one show that like was definitely as a fan. Yeah. I was so happy to see him. Oh, man. That show has come up. A lot, not a lot, but it, it's had it, it has been mentioned, and no, but it, it's just a the yeah. show of like uh, it 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 speaks to that sh- like to the to the the value of that show to the the grandioseness of that show. Um, for those who don't know, I, I believe, and I wasn't there, so yeah. please uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. But it they basically set up like they did on uh, the Tonight Show. Yep. Basically. Yeah. So they have a table in yep. front of them with a bunch of just different instruments, and they pick up as they go, kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I wish, I mean, I, and the line even like it was 
over capacity, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I wish, and, and if Dijon ever listens to his podcast or his booking agent. We know but, you are. But, but he <laughs> needs to do something at, like, Massey Hall next because I think that room for oh, him would oh. just be, like, I probably would start crying. But, uh, mm. yeah, it was just, just a moving experience that I've never seen – um, an artist kind of set up their live show like that before. So it was it was really cool because for once, I guess you could see a real improv creative process, which is what musicians right. do. Like they just kind of do, you never know sometimes what the set is going to be like. Like you know the songs, but, you know, once you get into it, maybe you play something a little bit different this time. Or, right. Um, but yeah, that one as a fan um, is one was one of my favorites. Bar. Amazing. What about it as a musician? Okay, you're gonna know this. This one's hard. <laughs> this one was hard. I'm going to say D'Angelo. Um, when I saw him in Detroit, um, at the Royal Oak Theater back in 2015. Um, yeah, I still think about that show all the time. Yeah, just because as a musician, obviously, like I was just fresh out of graduating uh, college at the time, studying bass. And to be able to see, you know, one of an artist that like I didn't even know at the time before I started studying music and like changed my whole perspective of music and bass playing and everything. Mm. It was just like this emotional experience. And I was front row. Like I was front oh, row wow. to D'Angelo. I went by myself. Um <laughs> like oh my that. God. Yeah, yeah. I Is was that Black Messiah? Yeah. I oh was I was twenty one. And just to be able just to I have to like share the story because I'll never no, please, forget it. Please, please, this is all about that. So, and as a musician, because it was just obviously like you had some of the best players and and you know just of course jamming and playing all D'Angelo's hits, but um, they obviously they closed with uh, "How Does It Feel." Mm. But what they did was, um, you know, they played it and they kind of just riffed at the end for maybe about like 15, 20 minutes <laughs> where they kind of brought it down a bit to like a uh, just a, a more laid back kind of feel. And then they had each member slowly go off the stage, if that makes sense. So yeah, like yeah. they kind of like riffed out as if it, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then like backup vocalists would go saxophone player would go until it was just D'Angelo with his road, like playing on his roads spotlight, just singing acapella. How does it feel? <laughs> so like wow, yeah. I, as a, like I literally was just like, like, I, this is it. <laughs> this is like, I'm good to die tomorrow. Wow. But yeah, I still will never forget that like scene mm. and, and moment in my head. Yeah, it was yeah. just like what in his voice was just, you know, perfection. But, and because of, <laughs> Your position now, this is another favorite question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favorite project you've ever worked on. And this is might be like in the in the business, in the industry, uh, whether it's like an album, an activation, a project with an artist that you're you're working with. My recital. Um Woo! yeah, okay. That's yeah. Awesome. I feel like I know that was like such a different chapter in my life, but it was so rewarding because you put so much work literally curating a, a show, showcasing all the, the stuff you've learned for four years um, studying music um, and being able to put that on and perform it in front of your faculty, your friends and sure. family. Um, I think definitely that one I just wanted to bring up too. Yeah, so, it's yeah. amazing. You mentioned Neo Soul, obviously diehard fan. You're a yeah. diehard fan of the yeah. genre. Yeah. Um, and this goes into our, our second question. Um, 
which I haven't sort of pitched it into like that lens yet Yep. because I haven't necessarily had a diehard, diehard <laughs> neo-soul person. But Erica Badu has a quote that... <laughs> Listeners know this quote by now, I'm sure. <laughs> Better. It's <laughs> music and music business are two different things. Um, so when you hear that, what is your first instinct instinct when you hear that? And um yeah, let's just start start there. What's like the first thing that you think about? To me, I a hundred percent agree with her. Yeah. Because to me, music is an art form mm-hmm. it's melody it's harmony it's expression it's storytelling sure it kind of has all these layers where i feel as music business is just like exploiting the art or like how can the business aspects used to um kind of promote your art to an, a massive audience Right. I think that's how I look at it pretty <laughs> much, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's the business side, right? Like music at the end of the day, any, like it is to create, it's to express. It's, you know, made up of a bunch of different, you know, parts yeah. from, from a theoretical standpoint. Sure. Um, so whereas like music business, to me, it's just like taking that art, <laughs> exploiting it and yeah. like exploiting it's one thing, but also just like, being using certain business tactics to, you know, make sure that maybe your your music gets heard worldwide or to an audience. If, yeah, if yeah. that's kind of what. If that's want, the goal. If that's the goal, yes, right? Because yeah, some yeah, people yeah. don't yeah. want that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe I'm I'm it's I'm just an artist and I, I'm good with playing or doing it for myself or doing it yeah. maybe as a personal thing. Like sometimes it isn't always about like exploiting and being the next big thing. Totally. Um, every artist or every musician is going to have a different kind of take on that. And even for musicians, it's like, am I a session player? Am I a songwriter? Like there's mm-hmm. so many different layers to uh, music on itself. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it is, like I think of it as two separate things. Yeah, yeah. Do you think so? When I hear that from you, from when I hear you say that, I associate it to your two BAs. Yeah, yeah. While it's yeah. you, you have your performance BA from Mohawk, but you also have yep. the creative industries degree. Yep. Um, from Tim Yu. Yep. I had to make that same decision. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's and, hard. And. Where, why did you go into that more business uh, heavy program after um, your, your studies? Um, and I guess my question here is, is that, yep. but is also how do you view it now when you're coming out of that program? And it, I know it's been a couple of years now since you're out, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me it was when I was in it. So when I was studying uh, music specifically, um, I think. I learned for me personally, I was like, I loved playing, but Mm. I feel like I, you know, didn't have that maybe it factor that other, my other colleagues had at the time that I could see them being like, oh, that girl's a really great bass player or that guy is a great drummer. Like I can see maybe that path for them but I couldn't see it for me okay um because at the time I, I loved playing I loved being in bands and I, I you know was like okay where do I go next do I continue because at the time right that was 2011 so there like there weren't a lot of other programs to study business at music business at the time like I right. was passionate wanted to play but it was like where else am I gonna learn right like if I 
kind of wanted to learn maybe some more of the business angle of the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even know really what music business was or like what the industry entailed until uh, like I had one class under my undergrad and the prof actually uh, used to work at Blue Note Records. Whoa. When okay. uh, when Nora Jones like was coming up and stuff like that. So in that class, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And we kind of would go over some different elements, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I think for me, it was like, okay, I, you know, I'm so passionate about music. I love it. You know, how can I maybe find something else to learn and combine it? And that's where um, I discovered the, the TMU um, Creative Industries Program. Um, so that is kind of how I, I made that switch, I guess. Yeah, like Cause I, I knew for me, like I knew at the in still like music will always be the passion for me that drives. I just, I yeah. think I was like, okay, do I go to Humber and do another four years mm. of, oh, you know, right, right, right. or right. Cause I could have done that and like continue to study like bass and, and contemporary music, you know, then it was like, or you have to go to UFT to study classical. Cause as a bass player, then I would need to be like. Uh, in, you on have upright. to do upright, yeah. So it's like, and then I was like, okay, I can't go to Berkeley. <laughs> yeah. And then I was oh, like, yeah. I don't yeah. see myself yeah, as like a producer. <laughs> sure. Um, so it was like, I kind of had found my own little niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that sparked like a new passion for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think looking back at it now, kind of to answer the second question of like, I don't know if I would have done anything. Like, to me, I wouldn't have done anything different. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, sure. at the time, like, when I was graduating high school, like, I wanted to be bass player. I love music. There were no other options, really, mm. to kind of get your foot into the door. Right. Um, and um, I think that is kind of just, for me, how it ended up working out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think that's a great segue into our first topic. Okay. <laughs> Which is the origin story because you mentioned yes. going to Mohawk. Yes. You're yes, from yes. Hamilton. Yes. Woo. All yes, right. Shout hammer. out. The Hammer, <laughs> Hammer Town. All right. Um how how was your childhood? <laughs> this is not like it's not like a therapy session, but like um like going into me. <laughs> But like going I yeah. guess like how? growing up in music. Yep. Yep. What was that situation like? Did you have anybody like, did you have a musical upbringing? Do you have any like family members that were like very supportive in your? Yes. Your yeah, I did. I'm actually, so I think that's what also stemmed my passion. So I actually, yes, I grew up in, in Hamilton, shout out Hammertown. Um, I grew up on the mountain. Um, so, you know, suburbs. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up in a, in a music, fam- a musical family. My dad, uh, was a, a wedding in a wedding band and did, you know, a bunch of different cover bands for most of his life, you know, played bass, sang, um, again, did the whole wedding uh, circuit for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And because I grew up in a, an Italian family, um, he also used to do like a lot of Italian functions cause he could sing like Italian folk songs and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So, you know, that was kind of one thing obviously. And then, you know, just music, always being like in my house like instruments like I grew up with my basement like being the spot with drums and mm-hmm. and equipment and then my aunt and uncle are uh musicians as well so oh. my uncle um obviously a jazz musician in the scene for his whole life and and still teaches at Humber and then my aunt uh again vocalist um 
And growing up, she, you know, used to be in different Motown cover bands, like jazz trios. That was, yeah. So, so that was like, again, those like my dad and and my aunt, uncle, I would say for sure were like huge um, influences and and mentors um, for me. And then, you know, I was put into music lessons as a kid. I was like, started out as piano. I did vocal lessons. (laughs) And then it wasn't until like maybe like grade seven, grade eight, I was like, I want to pick up the bass. And that's where I was like, okay, this is for me. (laughs) Was that more of a middle middle school thing or high school thing? Like were there classes that like supported, was there like facilitation there in high school? So, so I went to Catholic elementary school and high school. So in elementary school, there weren't really like actual music Mm -hmm. um, lessons in the school. So I took stuff outside. So so that's when I started my bass lessons. Outside, Uh, like private private teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out Tyson, my first bass teacher. And Pon Jetty's music, which I don't think is even around anymore in Hamilton. But I used to go go, uh, (laughs) once a week. And that is where really it kind of, it started for me and he was a Humber grad and that's where like I didn't even know what jazz like was at the time I was in grade eight mm-hmm. and I was in transitioning like going into grade nine um where I was like okay I'm taking these lessons I like music like we would do the stuff I liked at the time but he was like he introduced me to Jacko like I didn't even know who Jacko oh, was yeah. I didn't know um, like even just like basic blues fundamentals on, on the bass, like just learning how to read charts and ear. So yeah, he was, I, I studied with him for, for four years from grade eight, I think all the way up until grade 12. And then when I went to high school, again, Catholic high school. So like I took music, but it wasn't anything like, you know, crazy. Right, 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 it was right. like basic, you know, you had kids in there who weren't really passionate. My, sure. even the teacher wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for me cause I was so passionate and wanted to like do and, and all these things and, and music. And, you know, it was hard for me, especially when I got to grade 12 and I knew I really wanted to apply to right. Mohawk or, or Humber. I needed someone to help me, um, you know, get ready for my audition so thankfully i had my aunt uncle to to help right because you know you need to know your theory when you have to do tests like a bit of ear training i didn't know what ear training was so um um, it was definitely uh a time where uh you know uh and that's where i started you know even performing in bands too like just for fun and um in college or uh in high school End of high school, beginning of college. Um, so then when I went to Mohawk, uh, I was in, you know, some indie aunts. Uh, we were called Halfway Heroes. That was my first band. Hey, my yeah. cousin was uh, the vocalist. And uh, yeah, yeah, that is when, uh, that's when I started that. And then, you know, I just started Mohawk at the time. So then I was building up doing like my my soul cover stuff and jazz trios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um but yeah. That's great. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like a little bit about um, you know, my childhood. <laughs> yeah, it's the origin story there. But yeah. uh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And so then you did Mohawk. How was that experience for you? Honestly, it was and I say this to a lot of people, because now doing like two degrees, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was like an an amazing time, like one of the most valuable experiences, but also one of the most stressful periods in in my my life. Just sure. because of a, it was like pressure. You're in a smaller. It's competitive. Like it's cutthroat. There's not even a lot of. I was, I was 18 starting, and then there was like I was surrounded by like you know men and females like 
literally 10 years older than me, right? Yeah. Because it, a lot of people who study music are more, they're not coming straight out of, of high school. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like the greatest environment ever because that is where I learned like all these new genres, everything kind of that sparked the flame. Right, and right, you're right. just surrounding yourself with, so many creative people with different backgrounds and perspectives mm. and interests. And you end up being like a little kind of family because you grow with them like sure. over yeah, the yeah. four years. You're in the same classes, right? Mm. Like, I don't know uh, how big the program was, but. Uh, yeah, I would have guessed that Mohawk was a smaller kind of music yeah. degree, like a mu music program kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, Humber was always like the one. Yeah. Um, but um, Mohawk was the one that I kind of decided on and, and was in Hamilton too. So about the time it was easier for me, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you learn like, you know, you learn, I was studying like Brazilian and Latin music. I didn't even know who Tito Puente was before that. True, or like, yeah, again, yeah. didn't even know like who Erica Badu was. I didn't even know there was one guy who was the biggest Jay Dilla fan. Um, and like, I didn't know who he was until the, like there, or like snarky puppy and like fish or, uh, you know, like all just like yeah. so many different kind of genres. More like jazz based yeah. mu music. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 of course. Like jazz contemporary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we took like, you know, you had your ensembles, you studied a bit of production, um, like, you know, your your jazz harm, your uh counterpart. I don't even remember all this stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, but uh sure. yeah, it was it was a really uh very kind of fundamental uh four years for me mm. in just like building up obviously everything that I'm so passionate about today. And yeah, was definitely yeah, yeah. like a huge stepping stone for me in in getting into building how I got into more of the business side. Yeah. Um but I, I miss it a little bit. Um, you miss performing? I, I miss performing and I miss being in that environment with those people. Sure. So after Mohawk, you then yes. decided to go to come to Toronto. <laughs> I hey, did. All right. Um, same question. How was, yeah. how was the Ryerson uh, <laughs> TMU experience for you? Um, <laughs> well, so yeah, I knew at the time. So when I was like, figuring out, okay, what the hell do I do with my life? Like, I still love music, mm -hmm. you know, and when I didn't even know about the the creative industries program until um, I think my program coordinator told me about it from Mohawk at the time. Right. And he was like, oh, it's perfect. You can combine, you know, music and business or, or anything. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I didn't even realize how, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, just, just cutting in here because you want, you knew that you wanted to, to get a more, uh, more business, but you, you knew that you wanted to go back to school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was like, okay, I'm 21. I, you know, just finished, you know, studying music. It was like, okay, I feel, I felt like I just needed to learn more. I just needed to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, that was for me personally, but I knew I wasn't going to do an X amount of, of school if I wasn't passionate or, or into it. Right. right? I didn't want to just go and just, okay, I'm just going to get a degree because I need it. Like I needed to be learning and doing something that, um, that I was passionate about. Sure. So when I found out about that program, I was like, okay, this is, this is totally up my alley. How the hell do I get in? Not realizing that it was also a competitive program, <laughs> but oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not even going to get into how I got, actually got <laughs> into, um, Very competitive program. to, to creative industries, but Long story short, I was like, I got to, uh, I need to, I had to get out of Hamilton. I was like, it's time for me to like get my 
foot in the door in Toronto and, yeah. and, and kind of, uh, again, I was born and raised in Hamilton, so it was time for me to move out. And then, yeah, I, I moved in, uh, moved to Toronto in 2015 and started again. I had to do another four years, yes, which is, yeah. is pretty crazy um, to think about. And a lot of people are like, you should have like three PhDs by now or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, I know. But honestly, I think for me, again, it was like another huge um, stepping stone for me mm-hmm. in learning networking being in the city going to shows meeting people like yourself you know it just had a a new community for me that was also something that was great because it was like just tapping into people that maybe now had worked at a label or were managing artists or um you know also still playing and into music you know um and I think for me it was just like you know I was still able to get uh, a hands-on experience with you know because that was my other thing I was like oh my god I, I spent the last four years in a freaking practice room playing <laughs> right. so I, all hands I on, never I yeah. never wrote an essay well, sure, sure, right sure, or sure, like had sure, to yeah. do any of that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. so it was like okay brain needs to switch now uh, <laughs> and kind of that was my biggest fear was like I'm not gonna go and just do a program and just write essays and have to do all that stuff I was like I need to to be creative um, yeah so but yeah interesting I always found that the creative industries program was in a way to get the full kind of experience out of it you needed to kind of treat it as like a master's program yeah in the sense that you need to get out there you need to go to functions you need to go network you need to have projects outside of the classroom um yep to kind of get your full experience experience out of it. Because there's a lot of people that dropped out of it after a year or two that was just like, nah, this is not RTA or yep. I'm not like doing the, the more like creative hands-on stuff that I, I would have liked to do. Um, so I'm glad yeah. that you enjoyed it, I think. Did yeah. You, you, you enjoyed the yeah, program? Yeah, of course or? you're going to have like your first, you know, classes or like first two years that I'm like oh my god why am I taking this (laughs) but then things you know like business and music one and two was amazing like artist management um you know I'm trying and like just even like building relationships with those profs you know like still keep in touch with Noah like he was on the podcast I know Uh, legend you know but just like meeting him and then you know meeting like Cormac and then I volunteered for the the music rise and music at the time and like built a relationship like I actually like how you framed it. It was like, I view it as a master's mainly because I was a mature student. Yeah. And to me, it was like, you know, there were a lot of keeners, right? Always worried oh about gosh. their grades in the program. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I don't care. Like, go and learn something. Because like, at that time, and I know, I don't know if we'll chat about it, but I was also interning for like a music PR company, right? Yes. So like, I was just using it as like, okay, let me keep networking, build my skills and um, kind of treating it like, yeah, like a master's program in, mm-hmm. my, in my head. That's a, that's actually a good way of framing it. There you go. I Unlocking it. ways I to think about it. these things. I love it. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the, the next sort of note I have here yeah. is working and interning during yeah. your univer- university at, at TMU years. Yes. Um, so w- did they allow you to just kind of like do whatever you'd like outside of the classroom? Like for, yeah. for like beats and auteur yeah <laughs> uh was it basically just like come work for us you already have a ba basically so 
Come yeah. On in. So okay, funny. So two different stories for that. So for beads, that's um, I was just I was a brand ambassador. It was my first job as a brand ambassador mm-hmm. for beads. I know um, that was in 2016. But <laughs> my, uh, my high school uh, beads wearing <laughs> mat would have been. Uh, you would have loved that job, yeah, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, it was because at the time it was like, hey, moved to Toronto. I was like, I need to make money. Yeah. Um. So I would just try and find jobs that would still like interest me yeah um it's funny so yeah i did that for a couple months but what's funny about that um again going back to community it was like i still keep in touch with people from that job because we were all like either passionate about music or like mm-hmm. in the creative uh space yeah, yeah, yeah so it was great yeah i had to sell headphones um <laughs> but um it was also just another way of just like also uh like community uh, sure. Involvement. It's all about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, okay. So for a tour, that actually backs up to when I was at Mohawk. Um, uh, towards like my last year, I was like, okay, again, love music. I think I'm, you know, don't see myself being the next Esperanza Spalding. So I was like, what else do I do? And at the time, I was like, okay, I think I need to like, where do I get my foot in the door? Like, I need right. some experience. And at the time, uh, uh, someone who I went to school with was like, oh, like, I know this guy. He's, he's, he runs this music PR company. They're based in Hamilton. You know, reach out. Long story short, um, I, I interned for a tour and ended up working with them like throughout uh, my undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it started there. And then, and again, it was smaller hours. Like the company was so small at the time. It was just the founder, um, another colleague, and then myself. It was just three of us. Um, so I think for me, it was like, obviously, I would, you know, have to prioritize school, but I was just like making sure I wanted to, to keep that involvement mm-hmm. of, of just um, building and growing with the company. Cause that's how I also learned, again, um, the PR space too. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, so that was also pretty important as well. Yeah. Shout out to uh, O-Tour Research. Yes. Yes. <laughs> used the, I've used them so many times. Yeah, uh, yeah, And yeah. I've uh, recommended them a awesome. lot of times. I haven't yeah. spoken to them, you know, you know, in a, maybe three, four years. But yeah, 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 they're the best. I should catch up with uh, Adam. Hey, Adam. All yeah, right. yeah. Um, okay, so now after school, mm-hmm. Warner. Yes. So just... So the the podcast has a bunch of different formats. We have a, some artists on, we have some producers on. But the the first intention of the podcast is getting people on so that um the listeners know that these roles exist. Now, it was one thing in university that sort of blew my mind constantly was that we were getting these people in and um doing guest lecture, lecturing and stuff like that. Yep. And almost and almost every time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this job exists. Yep. Or that was such a thing. That was, like, such a thing that was um, very prominent in, in our program, where it's, like, we yep. were always discovering new things that were, were happening in the program, uh, in, in the industry. Yep. Multiple industries. And new jobs that were coming in. Now, I don't mean to say that marketing is a new <laughs> thing in the industry, but it just for listeners... This is like this is like the, the real intention of, of the podcast is to talk to people in the real, not the real industry, but but the, on the business side of the industry to talk about these roles that people listening can go to school for, yep. intern at, and get. Yep. Um. So yeah, please talk to us about Warner. So you started okay. at Warner right out of school. Yeah. So um, 
so when I graduated um, Ryerson, or sorry, DMU, um, in 2019, I was still working for a tour. Um, and then at the time, I, you know, I had been with them for five years. And, um, you know, I think I wanted a change out of the, the publicity landscape. And I was like, okay, Hope, again, wh- what's your next move here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I kind of wanted to get into marketing. But I was like, okay, like, how do I go about that? Um, and at the time, um, you know, I had done my like Europe trip. I came back of the summer of 2019. <laughs> and then we I love was, Europe trips. I know they're the best. <laughs> Everyone go book a Europe trip. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, you know, I definitely need some guidance here. So I met with uh, uh, a friend who had connected me with someone who um, worked at MLSE at the time. And basically I sat down. I was like, okay, listen, like, you know, I've done all this stuff. I've have my BA here. I've worked here. I've interned here. You know, I've done X, Y, Z. I was like, so now what? Like, how? What's my next step in in getting my my foot in the door to to kind of maybe the bigger leagues? I guess. Yeah. Did you have did Did you have something that you had in mind that you wanted to do? No, I didn't even think about. Okay. Like, it was it never was like, like I need to work at a record label. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I did it, that. Didn't even hadn't even crossed my mind. It was like, just like I want to work in music. Yeah, I want to work in music. You know, I see. <laughs> I w- I think I broke it down for me in three. It was like, okay, do I do marketing? I loved events, mm, so it was yeah. like marketing events, and I don't know, maybe it was like digital social was like my third. Um, but um, and even two was like you know. I didn't see myself in radio. I didn't want to be a promoter. Like, I kind of had slowly started narrowing options because I had, you know, interned right. um, at different places. And Arts and crafts, yes, too. Yes, yes, yeah. You didn't want to do management or, or agency or anything like that? No, no. Like, I, I had done some, like, artist managing on the side, which is helping, like, artists. Again, personal kind of passion projects and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I had done that. Again, just also... Um, uh, end of university and and into kind of um, when I was like a coordinator, mm-hmm. um, but no, I kind of was just like, okay, I done this. Like, I think I really see it in like one of these three sectors, and then marketing was the one. I was like, okay, I think I can right kind of um, uh, see myself in that space. So then I think knowing that it was just like, and then it was kind of just like networking um and kind of things also just like falling into place at the right uh, sure. um right place right time mm-hmm. so i think with all that experience it was like okay let's network let's get some um advice and yeah. then someone connected me with uh the director of marketing at the time at, at warner um we connected and we kind of stayed in touch and then when something opened uh, a marketing coordinator role opened in uh the fall or, or winter of, of 2019 and um, definitely was like a champion for me. And and then I got the job as a coordinator in December of 2019. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I don't know. Blizzard's are probably like that. How do you like, you know, how do you explain of like networking and all that stuff? But I think for me, it was like I had so much groundwork that I had done. Mm. Of like. I knew the industry from a musician standpoint. I, you know, right. studied music here. And then I had the creative side. But then I was doing so many things like internet arts and crafts, still with a tour on the PR side, like 
you know, doing events or or volunteering at like CM like all these things. Yeah, yeah. and I the think resume was, was like, uh, yeah stacking I, up. It was you could say it. Uh, yeah, it was it was doing all that stuff again. Lots of lots of um, hard work and yeah, a lot yeah. of years put into it. But I think then it was just like okay, that little bit of like networking and again taking the step to like reach out and finding people that might help you um, yeah, yeah. is also huge totally, too. Totally. Yeah. Okay. You started as a marketing coordinator at Warner. How was that compared to the job that you have now? So like I, in my notes, I have working your way up <laughs> to where you're at now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So coordinator. Two, be- three years now, now three, four years. I think, I think in December of this year, it'll be my fourth year at Ooh, Warner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The time. And it was an interesting time too. Like I started the job pre-pen like right before we went into the pandemic yes so that was a very interesting time to to be in the industry and starting you know my first job in in the label Mm -hmm. at the label um when literally it was like december then i think the pandemic hit in march so it was interesting but uh yeah so as a coordinator basically your kind of role is just um you know working under the marketing team so i was like reporting to to three marketing managers um at the time and basically um assisting them with their projects so they would have their own roster of artists so my job would probably be you know helping whether it was like reporting um getting assets made like learning you know yeah what creative assets need to be made for certain projects how does a digital marketing campaign um work and set up like what does that take and entail to go into that Mm -hmm. Uh, and then learning also about the label too like different different departments that was huge like because for me when I was working or working on a tour you know we wore many hats because we were so small so now it was like oh you have an actual uh, PR team you have like so it was like how do you kind of learn to work with these other teams but yeah basically like working under them uh, I had like some smaller projects you know um thinking of like content ideas helping with contesting um pretty much just like coordinating and helping uh the direct managers mm-hmm. um and then again for me it was just like a huge learning thing of like how does the label operate um what does it entail to put a marketing plan together depending yeah. on the artist um uh and depending on on who we're working with and then for now as a manager it's like i'm the one so obviously uh with my own roster of artists so develop on the developing side like signed warner canada and then we work obviously international through like different artists from atlantic and warner records um and i'm the one like literally being the the always say the the quarterback but literally kind of spearheading the plans so i everything kind of starts through me so making sure like you know we have a release set up what are our plans making sure i get with the pr team what are our plans Mm -hmm. um of how we want to kind of roll um our targets out for the upcoming releases social and digital like what are we again the audience team um is huge now because social is so big and then it's like getting with our uh, streaming team and and kind of going through our plans but then also like I work directly with the artists and then managers too to like yeah you know every day just chatting with uh, them about releases and plans and ideas yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of now at like again the I'm the one kind of making and getting with everyone about the plans yeah, sure. and kind of putting all that together because everyone comes usually to the marketing manager on all that stuff so then they <laughs> can execute whereas like a coordinator you're again just kind of I don't want to say assisting but like you're learning you're sure, supporting yeah, yeah. you're yeah, supporting they're yeah. supporting it was I mean, like yeah. a lot like you literally you can't 
Uh, I even have a, a coordinator now, um, and they kind of support me to be able to to do all that stuff because yeah. it, it's a lot. You're literally totally. juggling a, a lot of different things at the same time. So, and who who are you reporting to? Um, like uh, th- like the VP of of marketing. You're, you're yeah okay, you're, yeah okay. yeah. That's so awesome. we have like VP of marketing, and then we have um, about six different marketing managers so each marketing manager will usually specialize in a certain genre okay um and then also have their own roster of artists too okay and what's your genre i guess it's just like pop and r&b hip-hop right now yeah yeah i'm not like a special like i don't have like marketing manager specialized beside my name but uh yeah I, I'm working like a, a pop. I have my pop artist, and then like R and B kind of hip hop for another one. Awesome. Yeah. What does your day to day look like? Like, let's say like today. I know you're okay. also working from home now, yes. but yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your like day to day look like? Yeah, I think for for especially for me, and obviously in the industry, like every day is different. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day is different, but like day to day, like obviously meetings, and those meetings can be with internal teams. So you know, maybe I need to have a meeting with. Um, our audience team to chat about um, some different um, activations that we want to do for our upcoming rollout. Maybe I have a marketing meeting with just the core team of of chatting about what our priorities are for the week. Yeah. Uh, management, like management calls. Sometimes we have biweekly management calls. Um, going through, maybe have a social call um, with an artist just to chat about chat about different kind of social and content ideas. And then it's just email email time, like just catching up on different, uh, um, kind of plans and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, also liaisoning a lot, like communication, like communicating everything to certain team members. Um, and also cause it's part like for me, I think for marketing manager, it's also project managing too. So I, I, that's also a lot of my day is just like making sure certain aspects of the project or the artist campaign or whatever we're locking in, whether it's like an artist needs to be at this performance we locked in. So making sure management has the details. So it's like literally half project managing and then the marketing side too. Yeah. Yeah. Team management. Yeah. Team managing rather. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Get you there. Um, what do you love about your job? I uh, I know I always get this question. Honestly, I <laughs> love. Yeah, yeah. People are. I was That's like, awesome. what do you love? Um, I love just that every day like is so different. You never sure. like the industry is moving so fast paced. But I kind of love that because it keeps you on your toes. Um, I love. Um, I think working with artists too and being able to like even if you implement some small thing that ended up, um, you know, whether it's like a little content idea or doing like some small activation, like when you can see that kind of come to fruition or even just seeing like um, an artist's um, career grow is really rewarding. Right. And I think just like working with other um, creatives in the uh, different departments also help learn too right like you know that's another thing too which is great it's like oh maybe I never thought of that idea like that or like how can I you know use the the different team members that we have to not only just inspire me but like also just help with my creativity to learn and also um kind of just grow as well Mm -hmm. um and I think also too just like you know being so close with the artists too and and the teams it's really rewarding Awesome.
Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> um, what could you change about it? Oh, um, I think sometimes that it's an always on industry. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it's so, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, it's, I think that is really hard and I haven't cracked the code yet of like a proper work-life balance, which is something I'm working on. Mm. I think it's hard cause it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's one thing where it's like, you never, it's never like, oh, I had a, this, the next couple months <laughs> or the next Q2 is going to be a bit slow for us or sure. like. Um, I think sometimes, yeah, that that's the hardest part. It is an always on industry and it's, you know, maybe I'm at a show for the night. I have to go to a show at, at night and then maybe, you know, I'm at an event. So it's like, it's not just a nine to five, yeah, yeah. you know, it's also sometimes weekends or, or evenings too. Um, you know, doing podcasts, doing podcasts with, <laughs> with my buddy Matt. Um, but, uh, I mean, going to shows and stuff, that's why, like, I love it. But right. I think it's just like learning how to, how do you, um, set those boundaries because I know for me, you know, I'm so involved and so passionate about the project. So it's hard for me to just be like, it's going to be okay. Or like just to, <laughs> totally. to yeah, but it's, it, that's, that I think is the hardest part. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Any, t- uh, just wrapping yeah. up on the Warner side of yeah. things. Um, any tips on how to get a job like yours? Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> talked about it a lot where you're like, your resume is stacked. Um, Honestly, I think for me, A, it just started with, like, passion. Like, I knew, even from when I was the 13-year-old bass player, I loved music. Sure. So it kind of was like, I I was so passionate about it. And I guess people are like, well, where do you start, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think for me is, like, networking for sure or just, like, first off knowing, like, when people are like, I want to try everything in the industry. Well, that's a lot, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, narrow it down. Like, if you're like, okay, you know, I saw, I don't know, this artist released this campaign. It looked really cool. Let me, like, kind of reverse backwards, like, re-engineer of, like, what would go into that and, like, who is doing that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Totally. That's how I do it. I mean, half of the work is realizing that, this thing that is artists putting on social media takes like <laughs> at least like 15 people to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, I, let's say it was like, I, you know, really want to get into, I don't know, or even artist management. Like I think internships a hundred percent, like yeah. those are so important. Like I was lucky to have two, right? Like I started a tour and then when I did arts and crafts, like that is so important. And then even just like keeping those relationships outside of the internship too, doesn't sure, hurt yeah. as well. And um, that's where you're going to get the hands-on experience, but also you're going to be like, Oh, I actually maybe didn't like artist management or, mm. or market. I don't know. Right. Like yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. no, you're going to kind of able to see. Yeah. And then I think just being involved in your, your local music scene community, like for me in Hamilton, you know, I was making sure I was like, playing at different venues at the time or like how do I volunteer at super crawl what you know at, hey, you yo, know shout out super crawl <laughs> yes, yes yeah. love that festival <laughs> you know what they had rest in peace Sharon Jones play okay okay which is insane do you know who Sharon I don't know well Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings please oh, okay yes yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah and Charles Bradley also RIP yeah play their festival like years Wild. ago yeah you know so yeah. But yeah, things like that, right? Yeah, they had some names. (laughs) But like, you know, actually, and and I'm I know I'm I'm just loving putting Hamilton on the spot right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even the people that did Supercall, they brought 
Caribou and Jamie XX to play in Hamilton. And I saw that show uh, back in 2015 mm. at Bayfront Park. Nice. Again, who else? Like Jamie XX coming to Hamilton, Ontario? Like what? That's yeah. crazy. Anyways, <laughs> totally derailing. That was also an amazing show. Great. See, I didn't even think about that. Like yeah. an sh- experience like that. But um, yeah, I think knowing like your what's going on in your local community, how can you get involved, going to shows, and like also the one thing for me and that like. I remember like TMU was like, create your LinkedIn profile. Like I've never, like I have one, but I've never used it as a networking. Like it's just like sure, sure, things yeah, have yeah. become organic. I've put in the work of just like interning or volunteering. Yeah, it's more of a portfolio vibe. Yeah. It's more like a tool. Yeah. Or even it was like, you know, we had those networking events in school, but mm-hmm. I was just never the one to just like wait around and like try and talk to that person. I'd maybe try and figure them like follow them on Instagram after like see what they're posting about and then maybe hit them up. Be like, Hey, you know, saw that you just launched this campaign. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, intrigued by it. Like if you have time would love to, you know, connect if you have like time for a virtual coffee or something like that, you know, like being personable too. Right. Is, is huge because that's how, you know, you might stand out instead Mm. of just being like, Hey, I saw that you're a marketing manager. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. maybe see of some stuff I'm doing or like maybe, you know, learn things that I like. I think that goes a long way too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think what else. Yeah. Going to oh, shows, networking, yeah, you know, yeah. knowing your, your community, what's going on in a community, different events, and then interning and, and just building your portfolio. And, you know, things usually happen organically too. Like I was never forced of like every month I'm going to network with, you know, five, <laughs> I need you to know, have three but coffees like, a month. Yeah. Like even how people. you and I met, like, again, you know, I was probably, I was what in my fourth year or first year and uh, yeah. or something like that. And we just ended up bonding yeah. over music and, and all that stuff too. So like, you know, yeah. again, happy we were forced to get together with Noah. For the yeah, Berkeley board. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know about that. We were behind that, you know? So, fun fact. <laughs> Matt and I were, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this, like, shout out Noah, but shout out. Yeah. We were part of the little group that, that helped. Uh, now Ryerson has a BFA in. TMU. Sorry. TMU. TMU has a BFA in. In music. Yeah, it's called music uh, yeah. professional music. Yep. Uh, which my brother was in actually. No Shout out Simon. Okay. Uh, yeah, we were part of the sort of board that put that together along with some Berkeley uh, College of Music uh, professors and Noah and Cormac. Yeah, yeah. In the music den. Yes. Rip. Done. No, it's because Cormac left. Cormac left. He's the man. Wow. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, that is how, you know, things like, and you and I look, we still keep in touch and, and doing our thing now. Now I'm on the podcast, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nothing. That's it. I'm done. I, I'm good now. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, Bozo. On the Cloud with you podcast. Um, I didn't mean to hit the bra. I meant to I hit the. Oh, little, little bass. Ba- there we go. <laughs> little bass slide. Now you throw it in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, 18th episode of the Clown Machine Podcast. I can't believe we're already here. Um, 18th episode. No, congrats. Hey, thank you. Are you going to have a little, you should have a party when you leave something and like do a little show. I don't know. Yeah, one year is, yes. is what I'm I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so a little teaser for, for those listeners out okay. there. Love it. 
But we're back talking about marketing in 2023. Um, Hope is a marketing manager at Warner Music Canada. Hope, where's marketing at in uh, today's age of... Um, I don't even know. I don't even. Where are we at now? I don't know. Post pandemic. I don't even know. Yeah. Where Where is marketing? What's like the lingo? What's like, what's like, what's like dominating everything? Everything except TikTok. Well, it could be TikTok, but I mean, we all know that that's like the main thing. So obviously, I think you know the digital social space for sure is something that's taken over. Uh, you know, marketing isn't just, you know, a print ad or guerrilla marketing <laughs> or <newspapers>. radio. <laughs> yeah, radio. It literally is all about uh, short-form content mm. um, and on and different social platforms. Okay, now we have all these platforms, you know, obviously with TikTok and YouTube and UGC, you know, seeing things go viral from, from TikTok. Mm, so yeah. it's like, how do you navigate that space now in your marketing plans? um for a release so it's like you know with tiktok it's like do we do certain campaigns that focus on increasing ugc which means user generated content on the sound so for that for just like listeners it's like you know when you go on tiktok you see you know five thousand creates on a sound um and that means other like user generated content is Mm -hmm. being created from the sound clip you know um so basically you you can recreate a video using somebody else's sound, sound. that yeah. they've created. Yeah. So you're yeah. a big thing right now is user user generated content. Yeah. Cause us now we have the ability as a as a user, as a fan, now we're the ones being able to create content and share it, right? right. Whereas before in, in this web three model that everyone talks about, whereas before it was just like the artist had to create and had the platform just to share, where now us as users or fans or different communities can take sounds and even content and create something new with that sound from an artist. Like sped up versions are a huge thing now that are becoming, Oh my gosh. And you like slow, slow slow down and reverb. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Right. Like look at like, I don't know. I I (laughs) fall in love. Like I love certain sped up versions. There's like a tears for fears one that I love, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, it's just like crazy how that kind of like and that sometimes organically pops off. Like, you know, you can put money like we, you know, when to put money behind like an influencer campaign. What does that influencer campaign maybe even look like? Right. You know, sometimes it's not just about hiring uh different influencers to make a dance, like it could be like you know, creating content that seeds out to certain pages. Maybe like a meme campaign makes sense depending on this the the track. Mm. Or is it targeting like sped up pages again? Is it targeting music tastemaker pages that cover like if you like these songs, right, you're right, gonna right, like right. this. So oh, like man, that's, that's yeah, that's like in its whole that's like just one little small element, again, more in the digital space, but also thinking like, you know, when we're working on these um domestic kind of building these artists Mm -hmm. you know when does it make sense to uh target maybe a ugc camp like we're not spending influencer stuff all the time like it just doesn't make sense because things have to grow organically yeah but like that is it's just crazy how tiktok has changed a listener's um consumption space obviously span so even when we make marketing assets now i don't even like 
For example, I ran some ads where I didn't even use like video cut downs. I used their actual TikTok creative. Like I ripped that and used that as an ad to make it seem more organic versus like very ad type, right? Because that's what's going to perform, again, depending on the artist and who you're targeting. But even like changing now how creatives look and like what marketing assets are you're using doesn't have to be the standard stuff before. Um, So that's something that has changed too. And even like time, like, you know, 15 seconds for the ad or something like that if we're doing an ad campaign. It, yeah, and you bring up a great point there where it's fans becoming create creatives yeah. and fans being able to uh, interact with the content now in a completely different way. Yeah. Being a being becoming a part of the story, becoming a part of the narrative, becoming helping that artist to yeah. grow as well because yeah. that's an important part. Yeah. Um Wow. Yeah, the fans really have like a lot of of power too. To, oh my in, gosh! In sparking yeah. something. It's all about for, the fans. I mean, yeah. it's always been about the fans. Yeah, but it now now it's like yeah, yeah, they because have, numbers matter. I know the data. Where is marketing going? I know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a. I hope I'm not annoying people. Uh, by bringing it up every single episode for the past like four episodes, AI, ChatGPT. I know it's 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 like a thing that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, but the real question is, where's marketing going? I'm just I'm just inserting that. To maybe it's there's something there. Um, Good question. Just marketing, just in general. Where is it going right now? Is socials? Is TikTok? Will we always have TikTok? What do you think? That is a big question. I know. Where is marketing going? I think we're going to see, I think, obviously, I don't know, if not just from TikTok, but just um, how fans kind of operate and consume everything. I think just, like, really targeting to those niche markets. Because it's yeah. really, how do you stand out? Do you know when new music comes out? And even I come across like, these artists, I'm like, I've never heard this person. They have X amount of streams. So it's like, right. you know, I think with marketing, it's like, Obviously, the digital space and and also staying up to date on different platforms that'll really, um, whether it is TikTok or even new ones, like one thing I didn't even mention, like Discord space is huge depending on um, your audience and their and their um, their market. Yeah. Um, but it's like knowing those little platforms too, or is it like Reddit or just smaller things like that. But I think it is will be in the digital space, but I think it's just really going to be constantly being creative and finding creative ways of, of marketing, knowing your niche audience, building the fans mm. and and content and being able to to stand out in front of how many yeah, yeah, yeah. freaking artists are, are releasing music now. I don't know, you know, yeah, with uniqueness. a little bit of uniqueness. Like branding to me is something that I think will always stay for marketing. Mm. Like, even when I see whether uh, a small artist or even a, a bigger artist, like branding always will catch my eye because it's like I'm intrigued by that sometimes without even listening to the music. Sure. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, your branding's really cool. I should check you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a drawing piece. You know, with AI and ChatGPT and, you know, there's NFTs still. Oh, man. People chatting about that. And who knows? Like Less chatting about yeah. NFTs right now, but I, I'm still mind blown by that the possibility of NFT in the music space. Yeah. I, and I think the other thing too, which we I've been reading a couple articles and we've seen it is just like I think fans more than ever again want to be part of uh 
the artist's experience because now they can insert themselves creating content and stuff. But I think like back to to tangible things like fans now, even even for an emerging artist, like they want some sort of exclusive content, exclusive items to be able to know that they got in kind of first. Oh, right. But like we're even like we know vinyl, people are buying vinyl and they're apparently not even playing it. Yeah, like, right, right, it's right, just right. a tangible right. like so is it like cassettes are coming back, like people are gonna sure. want a cassette or like something I can see my like literally I think I bought like some sort of D'Angelo uh <laughs> deluxe something on C D that that came out this was a couple years ago, but like I don't even have a CD player and I bought it. Right. right? right, right. So I think fans will still want some because to me now I'm like, well, maybe this is me. I don't know how the new Gen Z will feel. It's like we're in such a digital age. Yeah. Let's get like, will we able to see the tangible elements of a of a release come back? Which I think it is. Yeah, me too. Because I think people want to be able to hold something or have something when they're listening. You know, just like what does that look like? Maybe it's not vinyl. Maybe it's on a cassette. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. Because people want that. Yeah. Because like, I think to me, and that's funny. Like I don't even do this anymore. But like. You know, I used to, A, subscribe to Spin Magazine. I used to keep all that. That was my music discovery. I used to, you know, actually open up the CD cover line and everything, whether hanging up as a poster, like look through the liner notes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like how I think that is something maybe that that'll come back. Yeah. For, or it is just, just, um, I think it might even be more of a focus. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if that kind of answers. I'm just like, no, trying to think what else it's, is like. It's interesting. And on my Matt's Monthly uh, podcast, uh, my once a month, I do a solo podcast. I love that. First uh, one was last week. I talk about exclusivity now in the, in the music industry. And um, have you been on the Charlie XCX 360 Brat no, I haven't. thing? No. Ooh, do you know what it is? No. Okay, so for those who weren't listening last week, Charlie XCX now has an account. It's a private account called at 360 underscore brat. Yep. And basically the concept of that account is that um, once a week, at a random time during the week, yep. on her main account, she sure. she 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 posts a story. It's <laughs> it's along with her song, yep. um, but it, she posts like a unlocked emoji, uh, an unlocked an image of a just like an unlocked kind of padlock. Yep. yep. Which means that her private account, three sixty Brad, is open, but it's only for ten minutes. So and after ten minutes, she just closes back that account and becomes private again. Whoa. So basically, people are, um, people are following her her stories to now get access to this private account that's yep. only open for 10 minutes. Yep. yep. Um, so you got to go follow him. I'm, I now follow the account, so I get access to that account. But what she's yep. doing is she's get, she's talking about her new record. She's did merch drops, yep. uh, talking her about her relationship with George Daniel. Shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, interacting with fans, asking, yep. like, doing, doing, like, Q&As and stuff. Yeah. Super interesting. That's awesome. I'm like, I'm like, I was mind blown by, and I talked about it last week, but, um, exclusivity is definitely a thing. Yeah. We've seen it in the live space for like years and years and years going from ticketing to like 
being able to go to the sound check or being getting doors early or getting merch, exclusive merch, whatever. I think it's like really interesting um, to talk about exclusivity and from even from a marketing perspective. Oh, it's it's huge. Everyone like those fans have like they don't want to have FOMO or they also want to be part of that small little exclusive group that, Mm. you know, no one else is because they're like one of the biggest fans of whether it's even Charlie XX or sometimes even an emerging artist. Too, oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They want what others can have because everything is so accessible to everyone now, right? Yeah. Like, the the accessibility to an artist is crazy now. You know, like, before, like, growing up, it was, like, you had to either buy the ticket, to buy the CD, um, and, you know, I watched them on Much Music for music videos, and, like, that was it. Yeah, vinyl wasn't really a thing yeah, it was no. before us, yeah. but it was all. It's now it, it came back in yeah. like the 2010s, but like early yeah. childhood vinyl wasn't like. Yeah, it is pretty crazy how much like a fan can get access to now. Um, yeah, and like I said, be a part of even like sometimes like we've seen um, fans are the ones who starting like the fan accounts for yes. certain artists yeah, yeah, and like being yeah. these like fan street team ambassadors, which mm. is crazy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, there's some fans that are now like getting famous. From just being fans, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Wild. Yeah, I know. It's insane. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to check check that, um, her page out. But yeah, that's what even some like platforms, like people use Discord yeah. for that too. Yes, yeah. Like uh, a Q&A type thing. Yeah, but yeah. like that's why another artist, not similar to, to Charlie, but Fred again, which mm. was cool with his album launch with like, I don't know if you saw the meetup and stuff like that in, in London with the bikes and everything, but um, he used Discord to like really build private, like those private moments and like meetups sure, yeah, 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 yeah. and used it for, for his last album launch, which was like genius. So smart. I love that stuff. Yeah. I love like new ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know, I yeah. know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't. I'm trying not to think about the AI thing because, like, for me as, like, a musician, core and core and core, yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, are, are we, I don't think we'll get to this, but, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just, like, a such a lazy thing, yeah. you know? And it ruins the going back to the Erica Badu kind of quote, like, the music and music business. It's like, you know, I don't know. It just, like, loses the value. Yeah, itself, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, I've been getting so existential in the past couple of weeks. Just I know. About it. My mom's texting me. She's like, "Oh my god, just I did this on Chat GPT today." Yeah. I was like, "Mom, so, stop it!" Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Very different question. What's your wow. dream? What? What? Oh. Do you, what what's? What's like? What's? Do you have like a role um, oh that god. like? Doesn't need to be a Warner, but yeah, like a like a position that you see in y- yourself in in like. The next question is, where do you see yourself in 20 years? I but. know. I saw that. I was like, 20 years? I'm going to be, I'm gonna be like 50 years old. <laughs> um, that is, a, I think, uh, I, uh, I think to answer that question is more like a personality kind of goals, like values. Like I want to make sure nice. I'm happy and in a job that um, still I'm passionate about, mm. um, uh, fosters like creativity and a place where I don't feel like stagnant. I think that's like for career wise, like, you know, I still see myself in the music industry, but like, who knows, you know? Um, and then something too, that I think I've always just tried is, is a goal. We'll see is just, I want to be able to, to work somewhere else 
uh, in another country for a bit and bring Europe back again. But I think it's so important to be able to learn another, whether it's in music or another job sector of just like how another um, market or country works for, oh, for that, um, whatever you're, you're studying or working in, you know, totally because I think Canada's small, like the industry's so small. So it's like, um, you know, whether it's Europe or even if it's LA or New York or anything, it's just, it's crazy how different um, things are. And I feel like it's so valuable, not just to grow you um, in your field, but, but uh, as a person too. Mm. Yeah. I don't even just like going to Japan or something. I know. Yeah. My, doing, like, yeah. Be insane. Ooh. Right. And that's how, well, Love like that. that's how you also maybe become inspired to do something else. Like it's, mm. I feel like, you know, travel and exploring other cultures is, is so important, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But just like some of those values, I think is just like, you know, happy in a, in an environment and workspace, you know, that again, like still, uh, fosters creativity, mm. something that challenges me, um, and and maybe by then have my my work life balance figured out a bit more. So, but uh, <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, it's, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I think obviously, like for me, you know, I don't even like still going to shows, and I think for me, like music discovery will never go away because it's been such a huge part of my of my life. So I think that'll always be there, and hoping by that time when I in twenty years, like. Hopefully, I'll still be able to keep up with whatever new technology <laughs> it comes across yeah. at that point. But who knows? Who yeah. knows? There you go. We're heading into a, another topic here. And uh, general tips. And I say, <laughs> in my notes, I say, oh, God. oh please feel, feel free to fill this one out. <laughs> a little back, uh, a little behind the scenes for y'all at home. Um, this is very, like, just very general. I said... General tips on getting in the industry um, from Hope Bozo here on the Cloud Machine Podcast, episode 18. We're here. Um, I'm just going to hit you with these yeah. blurbs yeah. and just maybe like yeah. your very general thoughts on yeah. it. I could add a bit too. Yeah. But yeah, I want to know yours too. Like, hey. Does anyone ever ask you questions on Well, a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so waiting on some podcast invites, everybody. If you have a podcast, please. We're going to ask Matt some questions on this one. <laughs> um, the importance of networking in the industry. What do you think about that? 100%. Hmm? 10 out of 10, very important. I probably wouldn't be where I am um, without networking. Yeah. One of the the uh, top rated things for, for Hope's tips. Hey, do you have like a, a system? Or, oh sure know. I sure know. i wasn't i wasn't going there but please yeah. if do you have like a like a like a tips for the net, for networking <laughs> yeah, i don't know yeah no i think i mentioned <laughs> this earlier but like i said like i um being in you know a community or or knowing kind of what you want to do and go after like you know having a goal set or even a, a passion or interest mm. and just kind of figuring out like who to connect with it doesn't have to be some crazy ceo of this company like you know insert yourself into those communities or kind of um starting there and then i think also like depending on the field and role like maybe it is linkedin that you find someone that's an, at an entry level and asking them mm. for um uh like t 
to pick their brain about something. Or maybe it's just like the crazy thing now is like the internet, like you have access to someone that lives anywhere in the world. Like even yeah. with TikTok now, like, you know, it's crazy. It's just a matter of sometimes shooting your shot. Like that's the other thing. Just shoot your shot. You know, maybe you come across this drummer that you've been you might want to study with or something. It's like, why not just hit him up in in a DM or find a way of contacting him? Like the worst they can, they can say is no, or they don't get back to you, and then you kind of like, okay, pivot and and see who else you can kind of network with next. But totally. I think a lot of it has to do with a little bit of planning, but also just like organic and like inserting yourself at the right place at the right time. Yeah, we're we're in the type of industry right now that's like. Your you won't like achieve everything like overnight. Exactly, patience is a hundred percent key. Yep, and you never know who you're meeting. Exactly. Um, in these networking sessions, and the thing that I I talk with Trent Hurst, shout out Trent Hurst, on the podcast, um, is that, and especially with the Creative Industries program. Yep. W- and it goes with the question of twenty years, but in twenty years, we don't know where that person that you met at this networking thing is going to be. Yeah. Where where they're going to be. Maybe they're, I don't know, the head of Warner or whatever yeah. uh, in 20 years. Or, yeah. You know, it's like the people that you meet in your early days yeah. will always be with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's so funny. I always say this to people. Hamilton people follow me. And people from Mohawk College, like, fought, like it's crazy. Like, I just I haven't seen someone maybe in, like, five, seven years. And mm. I run into them in Toronto. And then we end up catching up. And then now I hear that they're doing this and know this person. Mm. And then we yeah. stay in touch. Because now we're both in this field. Or it is pretty crazy. Like, that's why I was, like, I always end up finding it. So I'm like, people from Mohawk, my Mohawk days, or <laughs> Hamilton. Like, they just, it ends up creeping into your life in ways that you just, yeah, you can't even make up. Totally. It's, it's crazy. Doing your research, the importance of doing your research yeah, in the industry, and um, I think that's a big one for me. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I think even when I was starting out, too, was just um, I always tried to make sure I was, like, up to date on trends at the time, like, especially when I was, like, interning at a tour or arts and crafts, just, like, making sure that I was doing research on like where the industry or the field I was working at, at the time, just to make sure I was like up to speed on mm. kind of what was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then I think also research important when you're networking or reaching out to someone is also very valuable too. Cause like example, like if you're going up to the person that you've been wanting to meet network with and you know, you know something cause you've done a bit of research versus someone else, they're going to remember that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that you were on this record or that yeah. you worked on this activation or that you, you were doing promotion yeah. or this ex-artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like the biggest thing. Yep. 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 Yeah, um, so it's important. Yeah, it's important. Being a good person, a good hang. Yes. That is like 1,000%, I think, also like a tip or, yeah. Just don't, the, the hope tips. Please, yeah. Yeah. Um, that will like be the the biggest thing that uh, I think is the most valuable and something that'll help in any part of your career. Like, you know, in your life. In your, yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're going to remember that person. Cause it's like, yeah, like that person was chill and like we vibed mm. and you know, they're that person that maybe if I even haven't chatted with in five years, like if I hit them up, they're still gonna, you know, uh, listen to me or offer advice or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. like I think is, and you just like want someone to, 
to hang, like have that person to, to hang with, like when you see them or, or whatever, I think it's so important because, you know, no one wants to work with people who are like douchey or like the ego. That's the other problem oh, yeah. with the industry. It's like, I've done this and I have an ego. I'm like, I don't care. Like, right. I don't care if you work at McDonald's, like, let's ch- <laughs> like, just be chill, be a good human. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's it, you know? Especially in the music uh, kind of world, musicians world. Um, being a good hang. I know I've said it so many times on this podcast, yeah. but it's the number one thing. I'd rather be with you uh, for six weeks in a van and yeah. you're a good hang yes. than this other person that might be a little bit more skillful, yeah, but is <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Or, no yeah. shitty hangs. No for, shitty hangs. Okay. Never. Clip never. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, motivation and passion. Yeah. Very. That's very important for me. At the end of the day, like I, I mentioned a couple times, but mm, like, yes, passion is so important. Like you have to be. Passion is what drives me, or mm, yeah. to be motivated, right? Like I, again, I was so passionate about music at such a young age, and I'm happy that it, it never died or hasn't died yet it's just taken different paths you know like mm. it's taken different career trajectories or it's taking me to different different parts but i think the passion is important because that's what also like makes you excited like every day you know what i mean yeah, or yeah, yeah. A- about that and then also for me it's like it motivates they kind of go together yeah yeah that's great i completely agree with everything you're saying passion is number one yeah <laughs> A lot of these tips I'm saying it's number one. <laughs> they're but, all number one. But they're all number one. Helps tips. All right. <laughs> right place at the right time. That's like. Yeah. Ooh. That is something. Is it like a karma like, thing? Is that where you're coming at with this? Like. like yeah. Um, or like the. Yeah. Like the universe. Yeah. Sometimes vibes. it's like let the universe <laughs> kind of work for you. Yeah. Like, you know, you put like for me, that's like, I mean, like being at the right place at the right time. Like. Maybe I had to go to Mohawk first because the creative industries program wasn't even there. And hey, then, yeah. you know, like, sure. or like meeting certain people that have helped me get at the Warner job or meeting that, that friend in the hallway at Mohawk that ended up telling me about or tour. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's that's the way or just like, that's the universe. I don't even know how to explain mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I think that is just something that, that happens. At least from my personal experience. I don't yeah. know. Is there something to be said about knowing what the right place is? Ooh. You know, doing your research in that way, like knowing what the right place and what the right time is and being there at that time. Because that's, yeah. that's a whole other thing, too. Because <sighs> right place, right time is like might be like a, like a universe kind of like way of thinking. But it could yeah. also be <laughs> like right. know what you where you're going yep. and be there when you, you when you should. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think. That's that's a good point to bring up too, because I think it's like, you know, I knew I had to be in Toronto to because of the music scene or this, right? right. Like I, I did also do the research and insert myself. Sure. So I think also again that plays that probably plays into it. Last but very not least, uh oh, you know the one: hard work and drive pays off. It does. Yes, give me that little nice. <laughs> Should try slide. and guess what that note is. Oh, yeah. I wish. Yeah. Just, I don't know. A little slow well, down trying. from a C. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think. Uh, I know people probably hear this all the time, but yeah. Like I, 
put in the hard work and oh yeah and you know sometimes it was like you know oh my god what am I doing like am I actually why am I studying music like I you know used to get that or like you know even when I was graduating I was like oh my god I, I'm just studied music like what that what's next you know what I mean mm, yeah but I think really and people see that in in any aspect of of life whether it's working or, or not like yeah. anywhere experiences aren't lost yeah it's another one yeah especially in the music industry hard work is definitely valued um hard work and being a good hang <laughs> being a good hang yes i think we there should put go. that on some t-shirts yeah that's a great uh, being a good hang being yeah. a good hang yeah. yep yeah or a good, hang, a good hang as a t-shirt yeah that's awesome there you go uh copyright that please <laughs> <laughs> we're back last segment of the podcast is the producer game it's a fan favorite i love it we all love it hope yes Oh, God, I, so hope is one of the <laughs> what the first the first guest that knows what's going on here. I love it. I love it. It's like, are we gonna? Well, you didn't ask me if we were gonna yeah. play the producer game, but you saw it in the notes, and yeah. you're like, oh yeah, is that the one, is that the game that you play yeah. where you, you get your guests to get their like their dream album going? Yeah. So yes, for those who don't know, producer's game. I have a bunch of different categories that this guest can fill out. Um, it's basically getting to know what their dream album would be. They don't need to take part in the album. It could be a dream album um, with their favorite, your favorite artists, your favorite producers, whatever. Um, and um, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. Hope oh. we'll have some time to uh, get the producers game going and uh, we'll be our B. Yo! Hope has had some time to... Uh, do the producers game? To think. <laughs> let me uh, let me grab this from you. Oh, All right, I haven't, I haven't looked. I haven't looked at this. So this is gonna be interesting. What do you think? <laughs> oh, I feel okay. Like I feel like explain some of this stuff because I feel like I change the era in my mind depending. Oh, on interesting. Things. Does that make sense? Okay. So okay, please please let's go through this. So Tom Mish as the artist. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I love him. Okay. I think he's great. Awesome. So I figured I want him to, because I feel like this would work on an album, for his band to be Crunbin, I always say them wrong, or mm -hmm. Salt as the, as the back Whoa, band. Whoa, okay. So very like, you know, simple beat, uh, kind of that like, what is it, uh, cross snare feel on the drums. I feel like it'll work for, with Tom Meesh, but producer is knowledge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. To add a bit of like that. <laughs> Let's go. In the pocket, Jay Dilla vibe to it. At yeah. Woo. But all recorded at Electro Lady in New York, but like <laughs> early to mid two thousands vibe. Amazing. I don't even know if this makes sense. Whoa. But like post Soulquarians. Yes. <laughs> so not like super neo soul, but like yeah. a bit of like in the pocket hip hop. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say R and B. Yeah, like Jay Dilla, like uh, early Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I know that's a weird reference. Yeah, but. maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, like Timbaland, like. Yeah, I should have put Timbaland as a producer. That would have been interesting. <laughs> no, I just love Knowledge because No Worries is like also one of Ooh. my favorite collabs. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with him and, and Anderson Pack. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like Tom Meesh could totally be backed by Salt or okay. Gunman. Cool. Um, in like a weird, inter different way, mm. and maybe adding a little bit of knowledge is like 
J Dilla hip hop. I don't know. Cool. No, I thought about this. I was like, this could be, this could work. Yeah. And we're, yeah. So, <laughs> so I didn't mention it to you, but Uh-oh. the studio in the city could have been in, like the. It didn't necessarily need to be like Electric oh. Lady in New York. It could have been like Electric Lady, but like in like in Paris or something. Oh, if mm. if if you would have changed then it, then I would have probably put like Detroit or something like that. Whoa, okay. Yeah, I would have changed it up a bit. Really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Budget Detroit. of two thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, is this like a whole project? I was thinking of like one activation right now. Oh no, sorry. You want the I whole was, marketing budget? No, I was thinking the budget for the album, Fuck like two thousand dollars. Although yeah. it's interesting because I've had some people be very limiting on on this. On the budget. I feel like because you have great musicians, you don't need a crazy, but I probably would have changed that knowing that now. Probably need to be That's more. Fine. Yeah, I want to pay my, the artist needs to be paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Studio needs to pay engineer, <laughs> yeah. but maybe, yeah. I don't know. Again, totally. it's early to mid 2000s. Sure, 2000s. $2,000 might be a, a sure, lot of sure, money, sure, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the marketing, yeah, activation, block party. A little block party, you know, cool. to launch the project project in detroit you know do in the it project in like a cool <laughs> no. do it in like some cool creative space i don't know imagine like just having all them live or maybe the block party is outside of electrical studios i don't know wild does electrical studios have a rooftop because that would be pretty sick i don't know if anyone's ever done anything on top of there Probably that'd be wild that would be pretty wild so yeah i don't know what this would sound like but yeah very cool. Yeah, very right. interesting. I don't yeah. know. And that's how we wrap it up, folks. Uh, it's been the 18th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast with Hope. Yeah, thanks, Matt. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks thank so you for fun. coming. Is, we, we've known uh, each other for a while, but yeah. I haven't had like this like this this amount of talking. You know, I so know, it's great. I know. Thank yeah. you. This is awesome. Yeah. It was great to talk marketing and stuff with you as well. Um, yeah. People, keep following Hope. Thank you. And Social. follow Matt and follow the podcast. Hey. Matt's the best. He also just met Pino, my my idol. <laughs> and he's an amazing Ayo. drummer and an amazing hang. There you go. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, thank you for those who have been listening. Um, we love you a lot. I see the map all over the place on my uh, on my analytics. And a lot of people are tuning in from all over the world, and it's kind of crazy. Okay, what's, what's your top market? Do you uh, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, we love Toronto. It'd be crazy if it was, like, I don't know, somewhere that you wouldn't even think of, yeah. like, Finland, I don't know. Yeah, Toronto, Sudbury, um, are big. I think New York. Okay. Um, but yeah, love it. Amazing. Yeah. We love it. Uh, thank you for following us. Please keep interacting with us. Ask your questions if you'd like. Um, we're here, and um, yeah, stay safe, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, Hope. Thank you. Bye.